kunui i a kurahi no mai haramai ki tēnei hōtaka a tiahika. E ririana ngā whakaro ki a tātou e noho ana ki roto i wa tātou nei kāinga maha, ko te mana ko ia ki a paita koutou noho tahi, ki a maia, ki a haumaru, ki a manawanui. I hope that you are all well in your bubble, keeping to the social distancing in light of this current pandemic. As many continue to work from home, I'm no different. What this means essentially is that face-to-face interviews is not possible. So Zoom, Skype and FaceTime are used widely by media organisations, including RNZ, to inform and update the public. However, last week via the phone, I caught up for a quick chat with Te Reo Māori exponent Pau Temera, a professor at the University of Waikato. We discuss how tikanga has changed in recent days from marae closures, tangihanga rituals and karakia online. I grew up with grandparents who talked about uh, 1918 and how they they reverted to burying people as soon as they died without even thinking about having a, a private tangihanga in the home, uh, which would have been hard in 1918. In keeping with tonight's theme about tikanga, late last year I visited Pau Temara at his office at the University of Waikato. We'll feature part of that corridor in tonight's show. Nā reira, i a kūrau rangatira mā, nau mai haramai ki te hōtaka nei ātiahika. I hōtaka tēnei hei whakanuia i ngā kaupapa o te ao Māori. On the 30th of March, the Ministry of Health released official information about the practice of tangihanga, or the customary Māori ritual of burying the deceased. While the country is in level 4 lockdown, there cannot be any public funerals, tangihanga on marae, churches, funeral homes or venues, and no private whānau tangihanga at home. As part of preventing the spread of COVID-19, the advisory is that the deceased are to be immediately buried, instead of the normal three days of mourning. And if family choose cremation of their loved ones, the burial of ashes needs to be delayed. With this advisory in place, Māori communities are having to rethink, discuss and implement these changes. With this in mind, I spoke with Professor Pau Temera, who, as a young boy, remembers the stories about loss of life and the adjustment of tikanga. As soon as someone died, it was straight to the uh, urupa and uh, into the ground. After that, that event where they suspended their tikanga, they re gathered their tikanga and implemented them again. So it was it was sensible to suspend those tikanga in uh, 1918 as it is uh, sensible now. Do you feel that there's a sense of things will never be the same again? Is it just during this kind of period for the next month or so? Yes, it will. Uh, this is... Um, a pandemic where we have had to introduce new tikanga, suspend our tapu tikanga until uh, this passes, then uh, we will go back to hongi one another. It's very hard for Māori not to do that. Even under lawful instruction, it's very hard for us to we unconsciously reach out to shake a hand or to almost grab someone and huffy uh, them. So we will go back to that. We will go back to Hongi. It's just part of our culture. It's always been there. Other uh, tikanga that we've suspended, we will go back to them. Tangihanga will be the same. 
we've seen a bit of a, a swell of whānau turning to Facebook Live to watch um, Whakamuimiti. Um, what are your thoughts around this at this present time? It's a natural reaction uh, to something that we have no control over. Pandemics, epidemics, uh, the kinds of things that, and even though at this particular time, at this particular moment, in this particular generation, we have scientists, we have medical uh, experts who've developed medicines to combat uh, many sicknesses of the world. In the meantime, however, because there is uncertainty about it, it is a natural reaction that people of the world turn uh, to faith to bolster their confidence and to look for some salvation. It's one of those things that I feel would have happened in the epidemics of the past and is happening now. It's a great thing. With many hapu and iwi around Aotearoa closing their marae in the wake of COVID-19, I interviewed Professor Po Timura at his office at Waikato University late last year. We begin here by talking about the marae described as the last bastion of Māori culture. I've dedicated my life to talking about tikanga, to talking about marae, to talking about the Māori language. Mm-hmm. So the marae was a very essential part of that community. Now, we're talking about the 50s here. Mm. We're talking about the early 60s, um, the 70s, where, where people that we looked up to, where people who, uh, whose word uh, were mana, made it essential for us to maintain and to carry on um, their wishes and they're thinking about marae. So marae was very important. It still, it still is important. So a marae is where it's the last bastion of, uh, of tikanga Māori, where we control much of what we do. Tikanga Māori, living by Māori values, author Hedini Mokomid explains that tikanga is defined as a means of social control. This includes the practice, procedure, customs or ceremonies relating to life itself, birth, marriage, sickness and death. These are all firmly embedded in tikanga Māori. But over time, tikanga, as it relates to the marae, has changed, as well as the attitudes, Professor Poet Timura explains. The students of today are not surprised uh, by my view that uh, in a hundred years, uh, in fifty years' time, even that the marae may not have the same significance for my generation and the generations before me as it will have for. Um, the people of the future. Marae are not that important to the bulk of the students that I teach. Here, Professor Temara talks about Te Panekere Tanga o Te Reo Māori, the Academy of Māori Language Excellence. 350 students graduated over its 15-year operation. The overall aim of Te Panekere Tanga was that students would go back to their respective iwi and marae, where their skills as proficient speakers of te reo Māori and knowledge in tikanga would prevail. 
But at times, as Professor Tembera explains, this wasn't the case. The first uh, intakes, the first few intakes were good. They were Marae people. And then we noticed a trend. Cut to uh, four years ago, people uh, that we had selected beautiful language um, and the whole idea of the, uh, the Panikiri Tanga was to make your good language far better, to, to take it um, to... Um, the lofty heights. The height. Yeah, <laughs> yes. to the lofty heights. We noticed that the language was still uh, there, their, their language that they came uh, to the Panikiritanga with. We noticed um, something uh, pretty hard to explain. So I started to ask the questions. How many of you live on your marae? All right. So if we take a figure, 40 students, how many of you live on your marae? Five students put their hands up. How many of you go back to your marae? Oh, they all put their hands up. 40 people put their hands up. All right. The next question is, how often do you go back to your marae? How many times in the last week have you been to your marae? No hands, except the five. How many times have you been back in the last year? And a few more hands were raised. The next question I would ask, all right, for those of you who went back to your marae in the last month and the last year, what were the occasions that you go back that, that took you back to your marae? Mm. Did you go back to Tangihua? Mm. Oh, no. So what did you go back to? Oh, we went back to a family re- reunion. Well, have you been to a Tangihanga to marae? <laughs> no. Have you been to a Tangihanga? I've been to many Tangihanga. Where? Oh, on the marae's in Auckland. Are they your marae's? No. But what about your family? Where do you have Tangihanga's? Oh, in our houses, Matua. Tangihanga, or funerals, usually takes place on a marae, but this has changed over time. Tangihanga are being held in, in family homes. homes. Is that because you think we've created a, a culture of that they're intimidated by the marae? That, or no, they've raised they're, away from them? There marae? are several reasons. Several reasons, There yeah. are several reasons. That's only one of them. Mm-hmm. But that's an important part of that. One of the reasons, one of the, one of the things that... Um, the late Bill Parker from Ngāti Pro, he said to us, show me a ma- Māori and I'll show you a marae. But that's around the premise that the Māori would know his or her whakapapa. You have a whakapapa, you have a marae. In general, more Māori live away from their tribal homelands. As part of his research, Professor Po Timura has looked at the transient nature or the migration of Māori to larger cities. Over 90% of Ngāti Maniapoto do not live in Ngāti Maniapoto. They live outside of Ngāti Maniapoto. I think a great bulk of that 90% live in Hamilton. But that tells you that they have over 60 marae, but they live outside of um, their marae areas. So you begin, a pattern begins to emerge here. For Tuhoe, 86% of Tuhoe live outside of Tuhoe. 86? 86% of Tuhoe live outside of Tuhoe. There are more Tuhoe living in Auckland, Auckland. Uh, than there are living in, um, 
uh, the in Tuhu. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are more Tuhu living in Wellington than there are living in Tuhu. We've done the research. <laughs> the bulk of Tuhu live around Teraba, uh, around Fakatani, but they don't live in their Rohe. All right. Napuhi is the same. Auckland Much of Auckland um, is filled uh, with Napuhi. What has happened? What is tending to happen? What we are uh, noting, noticing is that Whakapapa now, that thing that Bill Parker and his ilk talked about um, is your link to your marae. Your Whakapapa is your link to your marae. Yes, it is still the link. But is Whakapapa enough uh, to reacquaint you with your marae? If you live away from your marae and... You don't. You, you you are like the students that we have um, attending my classes here at uh, the University of Waikato, uh, and these students are from all around uh, the country, uh, mainly from here and from Auckland. Then, uh, if you haven't been back to your marae, and you have a, a right, a whakapapa right yes. to your marae, it only gives you the right to go back to your marae and rekindle the fire that has been extinguished. The metaphorical phrase, extinguishing of fires, relates to the strength of the connection a person has to their marae. For example, if a person lives near their marae or their family papakainga, they help out at gatherings and the marae's maintenance, of course their fire is strong. This is ahika. However, if a person lives in another city overseas or doesn't choose to participate in marae life, their flame or connection is weakened. And there's the whole notion about ahika. The people who are living at the marae. These are the people making your marae work. But for our uh, tikanga, for our tanihanga, these people who are ahika take time off work, man the marae, man the paipai, man yes. the karanga paipai, cook the kai. For you who have come back from Auckland or from Wellington to bring your two papaku back, and that's the only contact that you've had yeah. with your marae. So if we were talking about marae, there was a time, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, uh, that my colleagues and I, Timothy Karetu, Tafarehuya Milroy, the late Tafarehuya Milroy, and others of 25 years ago, were saying there will come a time when Karanga will be done um, over a loudspeaker, will be recorded and broadcast. When Faikorero will be done from a recording. Uh, and of course, we may have said those things as a challenge, um, that we had to be careful about being blasé uh, about the retention and the perpetuation of the Maori language. And the speaking of the Maori language uh, was so vital. The Maori language itself is vital um, to the life of the Marae. Little uh, did we realise that that was going to be true. And on the occasion that we found out what was happening, it's uh, a marae of a well-established iwi and uh, beautiful karanga coming over from the mahau. And as we 
got close um, the karanga was still happening uh, but the uh, the women at the marae their mouths were closed so it was a recording someone just pushed play literally someone pushed play and it happened so was this in the 90s or was this or? this was in the mid 90s This example of the karanga playing as a recording is proof of the ever-changing landscape of tikanga. In the present time of COVID-19, the guidelines and advisory around the ritual of tangihanga is updated on a regular basis by the Ministry of Health. First and foremost, to keep the community safe and to stop the spread of the virus. In this interview about tikanga, which I did last year with Professor Pau Timara, he talks about how decisions made by the immediate family can, at times, determine the tikanga on the marae. Here, he talks about how this became a reality with the passing of his sister in 2018. I brought her back, landed in Wellington, by car to Ruatahuna, back to the marae, got onto the marae, and I said to my uh, relations there, uh, my view is that she lies here for a few hours and then we bury her today. Because people were coming and, uh, and saying, that's your sister. Yeah, how old is she? She was 63. No one knew her. The ones who manned them, who, 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 are, who are hardy of, of, of body and limb, uh, to run the marae, to cook the kai, were much younger. They were in their 20s. Mm. They weren't born when she left. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And they didn't know who she was. They knew the whakapapa length, yep, but yep. they didn't know who. Isn't it unfair for me, for anyone, to demand that my sister has a three-day tangi when no one knew her? One, point one. Point two, who would come to her tangi? Who would come to the tangi of a person that no one knew? Those are the decisions that I had to make. You had the to person make. who was given the task of maintaining tikanga by my tohungas, by my kuyas, by my crowers. And yet you had, you had to make those decisions. So when you made that decision to lay your sister you know, in the yep. marae for a few hours and then bury her... Um, bury her were you breaking... A, 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 were you creating your own view of tikanga? I was. It made it, it seemed to me that it was tika for me to do that. Tikanga is about making a decision, what is tika? And sometimes what you think is tika will contradict established tikanga. Do you, did you think it was in a way disrespectful to, the, to Christchurch Kaitahu who had looked after her for those years, who wanted to see her? Yep. Uh, my compromise there was uh, to allow them to have her for... Uh, oh, right, so yeah, she yeah, lay... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had her uh, lying at the Whareroimata. And her and community was, came. Yes, yes, yes. Her but community came. It's amazing who her, who her community was. Um, from the people on the streets to uh, uh, parkers from the council. But getting back, um, the home people are also had to think about tikanga and... My relations, my uncle said to mm. me, Ah, Taihua boy, Taihua, we know where you're coming from and we agree. Okay. But one night. So I agreed to that. Mm. That came from them. I felt it was a duty for me 
to, to broach the topic. A kaumatua um, said some 15 years ago, one of the last kaumatua said, when your fire burns out, you just can't come back to the marae and throw your weight around. You can't do that. And unfortunately for people um, who come out of the marae, know the world, suddenly discover education, suddenly discover that they are part of the wider world, and they will go back and teach the natives how to be Māori. Uh, the ahika have a right to go, hey, you've only just come back. Yeah, go back to your university or go back to your uh, to Auckland, go back to Wellington. Uh, this Komato said, when you come back, don't think that you come back and that you have a right. That you have, you have rights, but those rights are diminished. And he had this to say, for you, you can't just come back and light your fire. You go and park yourself, ask um, a person or a family whose fire has already been burning, ask them if they can, if you can sit by their fire, mm, mm. warm yourself by their fire. And they will allow you to do that. And after a while, they will take a fire brand from their fire, give it to you and say to you, take this, start your fire over there. E te rangatira, e te iho pūmanua o te ao Māori, tēnei rā te mihi kia koe. Professor Pau Temera noa ngai tūhoi. Our discussion there about the issues and practice that relate to tikanga Māori that was recorded in 2019. Of course, in the wake of how tangihanga is carried out within this current lockdown and preventing the spread of COVID-19, Tikanga has had to adjust according to the Ministry of Health advisory. For up-to-date information about COVID-19, you can head to rnz.co.nz. Kueranga kōrero e rira tu nei ki a tātou katoa. That's te ahika for the week. I hope that you are all keeping well in your bubbles. Keep up the social distancing and remember that whānau are only a Skype, Zoom, FaceTime session away. Ka hoki mai, tēnei hōtaka a te rātapu e tū mai nei. Join Te Ahika next Sunday. Kia haumaru tākou tō noho, tēnā tātou katoa.
Sisters and I, we're waiting to arrive. Open it. Up. 